suggest that this week was the week when your patience ran out with me. You can. One thing I think I need to say is, I am very tired today. I don't know why I'm very tired, but I really am. I do. It's a little nine-month-old bundle of joy upstairs <laughs> who's decided to get up twice during the night instead of once. I know, but you know when you you feel bad because you have had you've had sleep. Like I have had sleep. Yes. But it's been interrupted. I was thinking about this today. It's been interrupted sleep and not that lovely sort of six solid hours. So even though we've gone for a lie down, it just, I felt really groggy afterwards. Well, I thought, oh, today might be the day where I might be not as jolly. Oh, no, it was Friday. I was oh, really thinking of. <laughs> my first day off. Because like, <laughs> my work has given us Fridays off, which is very nice of them. It's fantastic. Um, and yeah, you told me to stop singing about three times. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> well, because you're singing this is gonna make me sound awful. You're, but you're singing over the top of like television shows slash films that we're watching. So they'll come to like a crescendo or an opening, and it'll say something like, "Oh, like for example, we're watching Master Chef at the moment," and they'll say, "Oh, Sally's gonna make her," and and then suddenly you'll come in with this, do 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 do, you know, oh, oh, Master Chef, oh, oh, and it's like I can't hear. I can't actually hear I what's think going on. I in that on. precise example, it was, <laughs> it was Sunita singing Get Right Back to Where We Started From. That That's true, you from, were singing that. From Top of the Pops that we just watched Yeah, 1989. Look, always over a crucial part, not just like an advert or a break. It's always a bit where you need to concentrate. I was in a good mood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's been another funny week, hasn't it, in I- terms of moving moving forward with life you've gone to four days a week which is great we've had yeah. um more time with ben and more time to sort of do bits and pieces but we're also now spending more time together in the house yes so when you were at work i'm doing it in inverted commas when you're in your little worky room we are apart all day apart from like when you come down for lunch but now we are round each other quite a lot and that's why you're in a bad mood. I'm not in a bad mood. I'm not in a bad mood. I'm just, I am just tired. I am tired. I am enjoying you being around more. I have to say, I am really enjoying that. But it's it's funny in all sorts of ways, isn't it? And, you know, you've got to add into the, into the mix that we are giving palliative care to a guinea pig at the moment. Yes, yes. Um, which I know in the grand scheme of everything that's going on in the world... You know that it's not at the top of everyone's list, but for us, it's very sad that you know one of our one of our one of our many rescue guinea pigs is uh, is has maybe reached her her time in life, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're just we're we're helping her in her retirement um, yes. and giving her lots of attention. So there's a bit of a bit of a sadness there as well. Mm didn't think I would get it. I mean, look at me. I'm I'm tired. I'm talking about guinea pigs going over the Rainbow Bridge. Um, <laughs> it's a really exciting opening to the podcast this week. It's really jolly. Need we go on? Because no one else is listening now. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, bummed everyone out. It's like Barry there. Manilow all over again, isn't it? It's, uh, everyone's come to a come to an end. Should we Should we go to television? Hang on, I have no idea what that Barry Manilow reference is. From episode one. Oh. 
Oh, I don't listen back oh, to Oh, you, but you don't even remember the conversation we had about Copacabana and me re- recording it off the radio. I do remember that, yeah. Okay, thanks for that. <laughs> thanks. So you don't, you don't listen back to the podcast that you make and also you can't really remember what I say? Oh, it is week three, isn't it? Yeah. It is week three. <laughs> week three, the third and final episode of the yeah. period. <laughs> that's it now. Shall we chat about telly? Watching television, watching television. So coronavirus has wrecked another one of my favourite things. Yeah. When I first met you, little did I know, a special secret that you kept in a drawer... One day you just decided to open it and go... Predetermined pugilism. By the way, I'm really into wrestling. I wasn't when when we first met. You were a lapsed wrestling fan. Yes. And you said, oh, you can sell some of these DVDs. I had loads of DVDs like in my mum's loft or whatever. You said, oh, they sell really well. Mm. So I brought some up to sell. I think they went for like 99p or we something. Didn't, we didn't, we've not even sold any. Oh, we're not, right? Brilliant. But I was bitten by the bug again. And I, I don't watch it every week. It's, for me, it's more, it's, it's WrestleMania week for mm-hmm. those of you that are sensible and have tastes <laughs> above that of a 12-year-old boy. And it, it's very much the Super Bowl of wrestling. And that's how I'd compare it. Like a lot of people aren't really into American football that I watch each week, but we'll watch the Super Bowl for the spectacle. and The interim act? Like, the interim act? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Like, a, a few years ago, like, they got Ronda Rousey out of the crowd when she was just a UFC fighter mm. and had a takedown Triple H. It's, it, can I compare it to something without you getting upset with me? I'm, can I... I look, I'm, I'm, I'm open-minded, yeah. <laughs> can I compare it to Eurovision? Because that's how I feel like I won't oh, listen... Oh, definitely. There's definitely a crossover there. So I won't listen to Europop throughout the course of the year. Yeah. But in the run-up to Eurovision, I'll start listening to, you know, what Iceland's bashing out for this year or what Sweden's got in the chart. That sort of thing. I'll listen to the Eurovision album and I'll get to know the songs and get to know the artists and I'll watch them do their little tour around Europe. And that's been a bit like what WrestleMania has been like this week. I've been listening to podcasts. Big shout out to How To Wrestling because... (laughs) They've really helped me in terms of understanding what's going on in the world and be just dipping in yeah. um, to be able to enjoy it with you. And I have enjoyed it. In fact, we've set up, you know, and watched it in the past. Haven't we I had an all-nighter before we had a child. And we really enjoyed it, just just like Eurovision for, yeah. for me. But this year is so different. Yeah, um, a lot of the joy of wrestling is the fact it's so based around egos and that ego will not allow them to cancel a big event as everything else in the world has been. I mean, this is it's sports entertainment. I know people can take the mick out of wrestling, but I have the utmost respect for the, these people, particularly now I've watched it mm. with you and really understood more about the entertainment side, the business side and the athletic side as well. Yeah, I mean, the best example is when Rocky's fighting in a film, mm. he is telling a story through predetermined boxing Mm -hmm. and wrestling is largely that through fake fighting as predetermined pugilism Mm -hmm. and some of it's bad Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of people know that especially like when you get age-old people fighting but it's occasionally just occasionally they can tell stories that uh, I've I've been drawn out my seat by 
by people winning titles. And it's a fake title, but it means a lot to people mm-hmm. to be recognised in that way. And it's their career as well. Yeah. I mean, even though they are playing a character, mm. that's the highlight of their career to win this this title. They go down in the annals of history. Yeah. They're on the front cover of books. They have film careers out of it. If you look at people like The Rock. John Cena. Exactly. It's an interesting world, isn't it? But it is a sport and it does involve contact yeah. and it does involve a lot of people. So I have real questions about why on earth WrestleMania has gone ahead this year. And I think we know the answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not even money. I mean, they must have... WrestleMania grosses so much money through... They sell out 70,000, 80,000, mm-hmm. 100,000 person arenas. Mm-hmm. Like the average person there spends $20 on merchandise plus each year. Yeah. So, I mean, you do the math to get people mm. from all over. So it's obviously untenable mm. that this event could go ahead. So they've just put it in the little practice facility in front with, of no one. With no one there apart from two comment are they called commentators yeah you go you know what i'm like i'll get the i'll get the lingo wrong yeah but two commentators and a referee yes and the people who are fighting yeah it was so odd yeah it was so odd. and i had seen a little bit on twitter people saying oh really enjoyed it and i thought oh maybe it's going to be something different mm. and one of my favorite wrestlers elias um, who plays guitar was was on he's big he's hairy He's you, Elias. I mean, you, you've not really got a lot of cuts to comment about his wrestling ability, <laughs> no, is it? It's, uh, he's very big. Yeah. He's big and he, he bashes people with his guitar. Big fan of Elias. But even when he was wrestling with uh, King Corbin... Well done. Thank you. I was left so cold because there was no atmosphere. I think I turned to you at one point, didn't I, and said, this is like a rehearsal. It's mm. a dead room. Yeah. You've got the commentary and you've got a little bit of music... And for the first time, actually, I could hear the referee. Yeah. Which yeah. was very, very odd. Yeah. I didn't feel the punches were connecting because I probably could... There wasn't as much of the spectacle around it. Yes. That, yeah, I I was really left cold by it. And I was I was sad for that. The best way that I've heard it described is it's like two people working out in the gym. Mm. And uh, wrestling has a history of the show goes on. I mean... People have passed away during wrestling events yeah. and the show's gone on. Yeah. They went live the night after, sorry, two nights after September the 11th. Mm. It was the first sort of public gathering in America mm. uh, on live TV. They pride themselves on the show going on. <sighs> Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Well. Particularly in this scenario where yeah. people's lives are at risk. There have been lots of people who have pulled out because they are immunocompromised. Uh, Roman Reigns, who's one of the top fighters, mm. uh, has just recovered from a second bout of leukemia. So he has pulled away from this. Uh, mm. Other people with various illnesses have pulled have pulled out and can't fight. There has been a significant amount of testing going on. Um, so when you're a billion dollar company, you can get tests, mm. unlike the NHS in this country. Yeah, apparently. oh, this is my, my other sort mm. of mm, about it, because I was thinking, I bet they've got tests. I bet yeah. they've got tests for these people. Mm, those tests could be given to somebody. So mm. po- politically, I have some real queries about it. Yeah, it's all been pre- pre-taped. Mm. Um, so it was taped during their other schedule. Which made me feel less inclined to stay up and watch it. And actually, we absolutely you know, we didn't. Mm. I, I thought we would. And then we ended up going to bed. I think yeah. it was like 11 o'clock last night, something yeah. like that. And I realised that we weren't going to be up for the midnight mm. start. 
and I had no real intention to go down. And I knew we could watch it today. We'd just be careful for spoilers. Yeah. What was your feeling on the main event, which was held in a... I'm going to put it in inverted commas, because I don't know whether it was or it wasn't, but a graveyard? Yeah, so it was a boneyard match, so okay. they don't call it a graveyard match for, right. <laughs> for reasons of taste, reasons. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, boneyard? Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was obviously very cinematic, um, right. There was no pretense that it was a sporting event. Okay. It was filmed with a background score. Mm. There wasn't a commentary over it. Mm. It was filmed like a as close to a Hollywood movie as you can do while still in the realms of wrestling. I would thought say. it was like a bad nineties music video. I, can, I oh. can't believe you're calling it cinematic and invoking Hollywood. I I think you're doing it a disservice there. Yeah, yeah, because it's still you still have to abide with. This is going to sound really wanky, so no, you still have to abide within the language of wrestling. What frenetic camera work and dodgy angles and headache-inducing mo- movement where you can't really follow the action is that in the realms of what of wrestling and the I language mean, of wrestling? I mean, basically, what you've described there is a Michael Bay film, so it's yeah, in the realms yeah, of cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can do it every week. And this started about five years ago when one of the lesser wrestling organisations just decided to throw some goofy characters at the wall and you had a guy called Matt Hardy in his house with a drone who's become a character in wrestling, Vanguard One, um, fighting. I can't remember who he was fighting. But yeah, it became a wacky thing with music and narrative and things like that. They were they were against it. They'd advertised the Undertaker was going to be fighting, and there's nothing fun about watching. There's nothing fun watching the Undertaker come out in daylight in a big arena show when they're on the West Coast. Understood. Yeah. So having him come out in in the dark. Yeah. With lighting. Yeah. Yeah, and at, pyrotechnics. Yeah, at fifty five. Um, I mean, I can't believe. <laughs> really sorry, Mister Undertaker. I cannot believe he's 55. I thought he was like in his 70s. No, so... Because I remember him when I was a kid. Yeah, Prime under like Prime Undertaker when he first came out. When wrestling became big in 1991, he was actually incredibly young. That was when he'd first broke into WWF and he was only 24. So, yeah. I think he's just always looked old? I think he's just worked in wrestling for, well, 25 years mm. and now he just appears every a couple of times a mm. year. That lifestyle does hurt you. Yeah, yeah. You can see um, it on his face. Yeah, yeah. You can see, and, and in his body as well, the amount mm. of abuse that has, that has had. Yeah, there's been reports that he is quite often seen being pushed around in a wheelchair. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this this match won't have helped him. I think he should probably retired a few years ago. Yeah. But, yeah, well, this match was probably safer than most, because... Because it was able to be edited. Yes. Because they were they they I mean I don't know but they might have been mats where we couldn't see them. Absolutely. Um, and things for people to fall on or mm. break the fall that we couldn't that we couldn't see in an in an arena. You you just you can't do that. You can't just suddenly slip a, a mat underneath someone and go. Oh look, he's fallen over, but he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you a few get outs to make it yeah. easier on yourself. One match that you didn't see. I mean, there was a ladder match, which is where you have to climb up a ladder and mm. grab a title belt across mm-hmm, the ring. Mm-hmm. And you see people throwing themselves off the top of a ladder to the floor. Yes. And you think, there's no one there, mate. You can yeah. turn it down a bit. But yeah. Yeah, so they've split it over two nights. So there's also another three hours tonight. Yeah, I know. What, what's happening tonight? 
Um, so it is Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. Okay. Oh, Scottish. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he is. Brilliant. Uh, it's Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Oh, I was just saying, were, were there any women in last night's match? So, yeah, Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler. Okay, which we didn't watch. because No, we and there was the women's tag retired. title match, yeah. Okay. I watched it. I watched yeah, it this yeah, morning because yeah. Blake nudged me awake at <laughs> half past six and uh, so... I, I took one for the team you and did. said, I'll make space so that you can lie down in our bed because that's how he gets, uh, gets settled. And I'll head down and watch wrestling. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like an 11-year-old boy. It was it was hard work for you, I know. <laughs> I'm a martyr. I really am. So, other things we've been watching. Yeah. Non-wrestling events. Yes. Save me too. It's two years since the first series. Okay. Has it been that long? Yeah. It's, yeah. Do you remember our history with this? No, I don't. It's a Sky Atlantic. It's a Sky. Drama, it's a Sky original it? drama. Okay, yeah. so we wouldn't have had Sky at that point in time. Yes. So we did. We, you, did. we had. Do we have now? We had now TV. Now TV. Yeah. Okay. Um, if, I don't remember the background to this. So I went away for I say a weekend. I went away for twenty four hours, mm-hmm. and I came back and you'd watched all eight episodes. Had I? Yes. Well, that sounds like me. Yeah, that's it's not, the, not, not the first time, not the last time, I think. Really uh, sorry about that. Yeah. And you said, oh, you've got to watch it. So then you watched right. it off my shoulder. And I think we loved it. I wonder whether that's why I've got real reticence about Save Me Too. Okay. If I was watching it by myself, I probably would have found quite a lot of the imagery, the content, uh, the themes mm. of the original series really hard hitting and if i was by myself yeah that would have maybe stayed with me a lot longer than if i was sitting with you and i had someone to bounce off i had mm. someone to take the mick out of something or someone just to be able to turn to and go oh god that's a bit hardcore isn't it because there are still things within the first series that i i remember and i think oh i can't watch that again i don't think you can underestimate the fact that we're now parents whereas yes. we weren't yeah for the first series yeah there's some really really tough scenes so for yeah. the, anyone who's not seen it mm. it involves uh, lenny james plays a council estate character mm. should we say mm. he's got an estranged relationship with his daughter but in traveling to meet him his daughter goes missing mm. uh, is she 13 yes yeah He's surrounded by a cast of characters, pe- characters from the estate, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And from his wider life, yeah. and we learn a lot. authentic. We learn, yes, we learn a lot about them. They are not necessarily who they seem. Mm. It t- takes a twist and turn. And if you haven't seen it, I recommend going to see it because mm. I loved that first but, series. But, but it with is a hard big work. warning, a yeah. big warning, because I think there are there are some themes that there's some really graphic imagery more graphic than i think i've ever seen yeah. images um internet based images let's just say yes that even though I wasn't a parent at the time mm. i thought i i've never seen anything like that and i've never seen anything like that on the television so explicit um i don't think you see anything near how you were imagining okay. it i think it's played a lot in the mind maybe it's because the first series just felt so realistic. Mm. You know, we said it's the authentic cast of characters. Yeah. You know those people. You know, if you've mm. ever been, you know, you've ever lived somewhere where there are um, people of all, all different types, all thrust together, mm. all trying to, you know, just trying to get through life. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've seen stuff like that before. Mm. Those people are so realistic. Yeah. Um, there are no cliches. There are no stereotypes. They're, they're very complex like you say, you might think you know someone, you might judge them for a certain thing, and then you found out something else about mm. them. 
it is fantastic it with the writing at some points i was thinking this is shakespearean the writing yeah absolutely i mean this this episode was largely i, I found it largely a here's who everyone is mm. and it's a setup episode for the rest of the season it's here's where we are it's 18 months on i think from the first series and through a device of it's Nelly Lenny James's character's birthday, so we get everyone in the same place. We know where everyone is. There was a development with Stephen Graham's character that I didn't necessarily see coming, and I think I found I found that very very tough. Mm. Um, and I had already seen that from the trailer. Okay. Um, and I had turned to you a couple of times when the trainer was on to go, oh, and you hadn't picked up on that at all yeah um you said oh, oh have you seen the trail i was like yeah yeah um <laughs> you <laughs> haven't really though what, have what, what was the name were you singing no probably not <laughs> you were saying oh look saran saran jones is in it dr foster you were going oh dr foster's in it i'm like yeah. she's one of the main characters from from the first series and I think it probably goes to show that it's been two years mm. now and I didn't necessarily could you not remember, remember her at all no, no, I remembered Stephen Graham's character. Mm. Um, but not Saran Jones at all. No. That's really bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, I remember Ed Edmondson's character. Mm, I mean, that mm-hmm. and, that one stays with you. Yeah, and, and you're remembering characters that aren't necessarily there from the beginning. Then yes. You're remembering people who are coming in uh, sort the, of further on down the line, which is interesting. If I say the Ed Edmondson scene has stayed with me mm. very much. Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling about watching another episode? Because we, it's all there. Yes. It, it's. I mean, they've put it up all on on Now TV on Sky mm. for you to watch, and a lot of people have watched the entire series already and yeah. are reviewing it. I've not read any of the reviews because I'm worried I'm going to get spoiled on it. Mm. I've not rushed to watch episode two, even though I thought episode one was fantastic, and I know people are saying that season two may surpass season one in terms of its its um, I excellence. S- I think it's a mistake to put them all on at once. Okay. I think this is a show that needs breathing, breathing mm. space. And I think there are things that have stayed with me, mm-hmm. even through the first episode, mm-hmm. looks from characters to other characters. Mm-hmm. And I think you know what, what yes. I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really excited to see the next one, but it's not necessarily a pleasurable experience. No. As fun as it is to see them around the pub, th- yeah. there is tough times ahead. I and there's, there's always that underlying feeling of risk and danger. Yes. So characters can be in the pub having a great time, but you mm. just know that someone's going to have one drink too far or yeah. something's going to be said. And it's, you're always teetering around that edge. Moving on, mm. I think we are the, we've just today watched, mm. and I think we're the last people in the world to see Tiger King. I don't know why it took us so long to get to this because we've seen so much about it and I feel like I know more about it now because there's memes and you know gifts I and, don't okay maybe you have you following different people than me. probably yeah um yeah we watched episode one today didn't we yeah and I think that again that's largely a setup we know that there has been at least an attempted murder. Mm. But we don't know who. I mean, I don't think it's really worth staying on it that much because no. everyone who's listening to this has probably finished it. Well, and, um... I don't, and it, the, the 
tagline is like murder mayhem and something or other. Yeah. So it's kind of giving giving the game. I think it felt very much like making a murderer. The, the way it was set up, the way the timeline was. Yes. You got you got some information at the beginning. Then it was like five years earlier, and you you carry on through, and then you get to the end. And that's I mean it's followed that path, hasn't it? Mm. Of yeah. Everyone knew who Stephen from Making a Murderer was, mm. and how Brendan didn't get to see WrestleMania. Oh um, yeah, that's a. <laughs> tie-in yeah it's a yeah. dark tie-in and yeah i think everyone's seen pictures of joe exotic this week yeah this this strange character and did you know that louis theroux had done a documentary about him and the world of big cat owners he's been tweeting about it this week saying something like he kind of he he took to him he didn't think he was a, a bad man there was something about him i can understand i mean he's very charismatic he's i think he's a danger <laughs> but <laughs> just, in every sense every, well it was every five minutes I kept turning to you and my eyes were widening going oh my god who are these people and what yeah. are they doing yeah. but you thought it was going to the pinnacle of where it could go to and then someone would turn up with something else or someone would say something or, or there was a picture that would just and you just thought when will this stop when will the madness end we'll, we'll see what what happens again i'm not in a massive rush to watch the i think again it's one of those ones where you you want to just take it in Mm. over time if we watched it all today um i think i'd just feel so overwhelmed by all that energy (laughs) on screen it might just you know blow i mean it might keep me awake yeah it might blow my mind a little bit and soon after we recorded the last podcast so quite a little while ago we watched rocket man yeah we did and I know this is like in the TV spot, but we're watching a lot of films on TV, so yes. let's like stick it in there. It's a, it was a premiere on <laughs> Sky Cinema, it's on TV. Yeah, I've been wanting to talk to you about this for absolutely ages. When we first watched this, I was turning to you and going, what on earth is this? It's so broad. There are people dancing in the street. It reminded me a lot of Sunshine on Leith, which Dexter Fletcher directed mm. a few years back. It's probably been a while now, actually. I'm probably saying a few years back, but it's probably been quite a while. Yeah. And it felt very much like that. Light-hearted, uh, mu- musical numbers. I thought it looked a little bit cheap to begin with. Okay. It looked very much like, here's a set, here's another set. And when I finished it... I felt quite disappointed with it because people have been raving about it. They'd be comparing it to Bohemian Rhapsody. And I just thought, oh, that's a shame. However, <laughs> since that point in time, I have not been able to stop thinking about it. And I've listened to the soundtrack quite a lot. Okay. And there are scenes in that film that have really, really stayed with me. Okay. I loved it. Right. Okay. I, That's interesting. I think it was brilliant. It didn't take itself too seriously. Mm. Uh, I think to follow up, again, Bohemian Rhapsody made um, nearly a billion pounds. No one can say that it's not a successful film, mm. but it was, I saw it described as Queen's Wikipedia page put onto a cinema screen. Yeah, and, and there were huge um, problems in terms of the history. Yeah. And you're going to get that because it's always one side telling the story. Mm. With Rocket Man, where they just... It was balls to the wall, is the best way I could say that. Yeah. You have people sitting around. It is a traditional musical where mm. they will burst, people will burst into song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People will, like you say, dance in the street. Yeah. 
the very moment I realised it had charmed me was the moment where, for reasons that I won't necessarily spoil, Elton John is rushed to hospital. Mm-hmm. He is then stripped on a gurney, mm. and then just as they're pushing him around while he's singing Rocket Man. Mm. And he's pulling the, the oxygen mask off so that he can get the lines out and it has to time it perfectly. And then just while he's on the gurney, they dress him up and push him out on stage. Mm-hmm. And there he is in the iconic Los Angeles show, mm-hmm. hitting baseballs into the crowd. Mm-hmm. And that was, I was like, I know exactly what this is. They nailed it for me. Okay. Yeah, I think it was those scenes are the ones that stay with me. Mm. There's a huge amount of contemporary dance in those scenes, mm. him being lifted, him being carried places. And you yeah. get this impression that he has just been pushed around in his career and he's been pushed on stage. Yeah. He's been made to perform when he's not well. He mm. should have been in rehab a lot earlier. Yeah, I think that's what stayed with me. I think what I wanted was all of those scenes and then a little bit of darker drama around the edges because I didn't feel that we really got into the real darkness of what was happening in it, in his family life. I felt some of the acting was a little bit dodgy. Okay. And I think that's where I needed it bookending. I just, I don't think I could cope with the little boy on the piano playing the song or... It was, ju- it was a bit too twee for me at the beginning. I really wanted to see more drama and darkness in terms of what had happened in his, in his family life. But this is a an authorised bi- biography, yeah. so do you really want a s- sad times of Elton's dad being a knobhead to him? Well, kind of. <laughs> I th- yeah, I, th- I think there was more There was more to say. Maybe that's it. Mm. I just felt there was more to say in a, in a couple of scenes with his dad being awful to him. You know, and the way that that impacted on Elton John. I think we could have gone a bit... A bit further, and if it wasn't a musical, I think we would stay with that a bit more. And maybe if and then everyone was... be shouting, "Get to Tiny Dancer!" And... Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. And maybe I just didn't want it to be a musical at the beginning. Yeah. If they had kept all the musical elements in the middle when he became Elton John, mm. but we didn't have that at the beginning. Okay. Uh, but it stayed with me. What would you give it? I I would find it really really hard to give it a score because I think some elements of it are awful. I think some of the acting is terrible, but then I think some of the the acting is wonderful. I think Taron Edgerton is brilliant. Jamie Bell has a song in it, a couple of lines in a song where he mm. does Yellow Brick Road, which is phenomenal. Yeah. And he should have been given more to it, but obviously you can't give Jamie Bell all the songs because Taron's Elton John. And I don't think I could give it a number because I have such mixed views about it. Yeah, but you have to. <laughs> I'm too tired. I'm too tired. Um, Sod the podcast, I'll yeah, end too tired. I'm too tired. I'll end up giving it three because I don't know what to, what like that middle point of there are some major things wrong with it, but I can remember. Can you, can you make a film out of iconic scenes? Because that's what I've got. I've got iconic scenes. You know, can, can that be a brilliant film if all you can remember are certain set piece scenes rather than the film as a whole? Yeah. That's my problem with it. I mean, there's plenty of films like that again mm, nowadays. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that there isn't. Bohemian Rhapsody was more throwaway for me. I can enjoy it as a, a, a real throwaway musical. This one, I think, has more to it. And I wanted it to have just a, li- a little bit more. Three and a half. You're looking at me. <laughs> You're looking at me now. Go, just give it a number. Give it a number. 
a, a high three, a low four. Okay, I'd have given it four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel happy now? <laughs> I am. I think the mood's going to change, though. <laughs> oh, no. What's next? Date night. He's back. Walt Disney Productions. Invisible. Impossible. Troublesome. Massive mischief. Pete's Dragon. So it's date night. It's date night. It's my favourite night of the week. It's date night. Everyone's favourite. Really? Got my, Is got it my, your favourite? Yeah, I've got my beers, so uh, <laughs> I found they had delivery of beers, so uh, I'm happy. Yeah, I suppose that the beer might help with this as well. <laughs> yeah, it's on screen at the minute. Can, can you see the dragon? I that's can. not called Pete? I can see the dragon. Yes. I can. Um, I understand that this is a film, a heartwarming musical adventure following the friendship of a young orphan boy and his invisible pet dragon who flee from the cruel guardians to a small fishing village in Maine. Wow. Where's Maine? Oh, America? Well done. Whereabouts? Somewhere in the middle, let's say. No, it's, it's not. Oh, well, if it's fishing, maybe it's yeah, next yeah. to the sea. <laughs> yeah, fishing, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's not ask me any more quiz questions about like where things are, because you know I'm always going to fit those. So, the dragon's not called Pete. It is Pete's dragon. Yeah. Um, <sighs> just to let you know that this... Um, when I was a kid, and when you videoed things off the telly, you have to like you had to get there quite quickly, didn't you, when it was on? Because you only had a ch- one chance. You didn't have all those numbers that you could click into... Do you remember that thing? Where video you had, Plus? Video Plus. I, was, gonna, where you, I yeah. was about to make a joke about Video Plus, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Well, I can't even remember what it was called, but I knew you had numbers and you got them off the Radio Times. And so you had to be quite quick. You had to do that. This is before that. This is like back in the day. So I saw it on. I've recorded it, but I've not ever seen the beginning of Pete's Dragon because my videotape recording of it with, you know, the sticker down the side with Pete's Dragon written on the side of it um, starts in the middle of the first song. So I am really excited to see how this opens. So how much do you think you cut off the beginning? I don't think it's too long. I don't think it's... Because it's Disney, so you're going to... Come on, you're going to have a song fairly quickly. You told me this wasn't too long and I'm looking and it says two hours, eight minutes, which frankly is a ludicrous time for any kid's film. It's a bit long. I have a habit of saying that to you, don't I, where I'm like, oh, it's not that long. Yeah. It's a bit like when we're sort of out and about and I go, oh, it's just around this corner. The odd occasion that we've gone running. Uh, Yes. Yeah, you're very guilty of that. (laughs) It's like, oh, it's just around, oh, it's it's two seconds around this corner, three miles later. Mm. (laughs) Okay, let's uh, let's do it. Let's do it because we don't really have... Two hours, eight minutes <laughs> in our life. So let, let's do it quickly before Blake wakes up. We've literally got all week, but yes, carry on. <laughs> let's go. Okay, let's go. just happened i'm genuinely speechless (laughs) you know when we first thought about this and you were like oh i've got all these films that i really want to see and i was like oh we could watch pete's dragon (laughs) so controversial point first of all okay i thought two hours eight minutes was going to be long yeah i mean they could probably have done to a crammed five minutes explanation at the end rather than oh yeah (laughs) by the way spoilers for a 40 three-year-old it was film. 1977. Yeah. 
So the bit at the end, right, let's skip straight to the end then. So yeah. are you talking about Paul, the long lost love of Nora, yeah, the Reynolds, keeper's, yeah. keeper's daughter, yeah. that turns up at the end? Yeah, turns up at the end. He comes in the middle of the night, can't see some rocks in front of him, so he's clearly he's, he's been yeah. somewhere where they took his eyes. Um, <laughs> Elliot, the dragon, yes. um, lights the lighthouse to rescue him. Yeah. Um, he pulls in. All of a sudden it's daytime. Don't know what happened yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Took him a long time to make. What happens dog. when you've not got any eyes? Yeah. <laughs> he's got... And then he's like, and then in two seconds he's like, oh, by the way, um, yeah, I was knocked out, I was sunk. Um, there's a lot of plot guts into one sentence there. But he was missing for a year. Missing, missing for a year. year. So he can't have been on his boat for that entire. And all the way down, I'm thinking, are they going to? Because I couldn't remember. Like, where has he been for this year? Because it's not like he's just been out on his boat and he's just got lost, which would have made more sense, wouldn't it? If, you know, Pete had come into Nora and Lampy, her dad's life, and maybe it had been a couple of days or something, and she was looking out for Paul and had the picture in the lighthouse looking for him. And he had, you know, he had been out there lost at sea, but then Elliot came and found the boat or something and brought Mm. it back. But no, he was... In a hospital with memory loss. I mean, why was he in a hospital for a year with memory loss? Should they'd let him out? Well, you know, it's 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 um it's Harold Bishop all <laughs> over again, isn't it? Yeah, but Harold Bishop wasn't in a hospital bed for uh, like five years when he was, he was out living with another life. Yeah, he was living another life, yeah. I mean <laughs> Paul's seen some things, haven't he? If I came back after a year and yeah. said, oh, yeah, I lost my memory, and um, yeah, then I remembered, so I've come back. Well, no, he didn't just remember. Elliot um, turned his bed over and he bumped his head and then he remembered everything. That's only suggested. That's never actually proven. Oh, but come on. You know, everyone looks, oh, oh his bed got turned over magically. And, every, you know, Pete looks at Elliot. I who think is, Nora's in denial. <laughs> Where's he been? He's just been away for a year. Yeah. And he decided to come back on a really rocky night. So we started at the end. Yes. I mean... There's a lot of film there. Yeah, I did think at one point, I'm not sure we need another song here. Nope. And that happened quite a few times. I did think this this is going on a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this film doesn't need to be two hours, eight minutes. <laughs> and maybe they could have knocked out a couple of songs and given Paul a better excuse as to where he's been for uh, all this time. <laughs> so, first, obviously, not first impressions, because that, that was your first impression of where has Paul been? Yes. But what else uh, did you... Get? So, wh- which songs did you like, actually? Which songs did you like? Because right. w- or were there any songs that you like? Because there is a song every five minutes. Yeah. So, I'm going to go through my notes that I took. Right, okay. It starts off, um, In These Hills is a tune. Yes, yes. Sung by the inbred Fratellis. That's right. It really is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The Fratelli, bro- the Fratelli family from yeah. the Goonies. Yeah, All married. It, it, I mean, it's, a, it's the best song I've ever heard where they suggest they might eat a child. Yeah, and um, tie him to a railroad track. Yeah, I mean, I'm not yeah. really sure why they want him as a slave if they're just going to kill him. And but... string him mm. up is another lyric. Yeah. You know, really child-friendly. Yeah. Fill him full of lead. Yeah, yes. Yeah, shoot him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just do that. The best song, yeah. <laughs> I've got another controversial opinion. Okay. So, is there a song called I Love You Too? Yes. Yeah. It's it's the next one yes. along, I think. Yeah. Where Pete is, he's kind of introducing us to Elliot because at that point in time we've seen Elliot in disguise because yeah. Pete's riding Elliot, but we don't see Elliot; we just see the outline. 
And then the next thing is Pete and Ellie are eating apples and singing yeah. that they love each other. Okay, so it's actually called Boo Bop 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 Bop. Is that what it's called? Yes. Because that, that's the noise Elliot makes. Yeah, okay. Boop, boop, right. boop, boop, boop. The lyrics of this. Yeah. Look in your eyes and you whisper sweetly. You don't match in size, but we fit so neatly. Uh-huh. It's nice waking up when you're close beside me, humming in my ear. I've been quite happy for you to use them as uh, our <laughs> marriage vows. And I was thinking partway through, I was like, you're very like Elliot. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're, 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 you're bigger than me by a, quite a size being six foot four and me five foot two ish and uh and you do have many qualities of Elliot in that you're very protective and you like going boop, 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 every, now, every now and again and uh, I do think Elliot and Harry from Harry and the Hendersons oh, is your very similar is is your ideal man it is it really is and he's got like a happy face yeah 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 <laughs> he's probably um, got dimples like you and I'm like oh you're my Elliot and Harry from Harry and the Hendersons I'm just going to go through my notes right um, oh good. brilliant you look you look like you've got a lot there yeah um, HD has not been canned on the animation mm. yeah I imagine this looked a lot better in, in cinemas than it it's did it's very of its time yeah Pete's got a He-Man haircut yeah well it's the 70s yeah well yeah it's the late yeah. 70s as well yeah. so all the kids would have had that um, <laughs> our now traditional different times moment of a mm. film um, when Nora goes into the pub to fetch Mickey Rooney yes. and she gets grabbed by about three different blokes. Like, she really actually gets Manhattan. I, I thought that as well. I'm, this is mm. really problematic. It's not that they're doing it as a, oh, hold Nora back because she's going to stop her dad from having a drink. She, they really, like, she's wrestling to get free yes. and multiple men hold her down. But stops to have a dance. But, you know, like, you've got to have a dance on a barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what were you going to do in a saloon? Um, as soon as Nora turned up, I wrote, hey, look, it's Pete's new mum. Oh. Um, I wrote, round the twist. The lighthouse. Yes, the lighthouse. Do you know, fun fact, are you ready for this? Yeah. Disney built that lighthouse. That's not a real lighthouse. Okay. They actually built that set. And then they, I think they had to do something with the Coast Guard to warn people that it wasn't a real lighthouse because that could obviously cause... Be... problems if you're like Paul and you've been away for a year yeah. and you've got on your boat and you're coming back and then you see you know a lighthouse that isn't actually a lighthouse you could get into trouble uh, yeah, speaking of Paul I wrote mm-hmm. when he when his picture turned up on Nora's mantelpiece I wrote Bert Reynolds and in the most niche reference so far in this podcast he's dead Susan <laughs> um <laughs> Do you want? Do you want to explain? No, no, no. Dead su- oh, okay, people, right. People can just look it just up. Just look it up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Doctor Ter- Really, I hated Doctor Terminus. Oh no. Yeah. So Doctor Terminus and Hoagie. Yeah. Doctor Terminus is what they call in the film a quack. So he's a charlatan. Rocks up doing a say 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 routine. <laughs> he does. He does. He's like he's got his like his carriage and he's got his and his yeah. mate and they're uh, they're trying to sell lotions and potions, but obviously they're not made out of anything. I think one's made out of potato peelings. Yes. I love that. That is my. I think that's my lasting memory as a kid is Doc Terminus and Hoagie doing these amazing songs. I, I genuinely, I was watching them thinking these songs are brilliant. They, they're lyrically, they're so full of content. They're really clever. And Doc Terminus is played by Jim Dale, who do you know from the Carry On films? Another name. I've never seen a Carry On film. He also is um, in Digby, The Biggest Dog in the World. Uh, that's where I know him from. Yeah. So he normally plays, Jim Dale normally plays these 
quite um, bumbling characters or yeah. Yeah, every, well, not every man, I suppose, but, you know, someone who's kind or, you know, oh, he's got a dog and it's massive. Mm. So it's slightly um, bumbling Englishman type yes. characters. He, in this, in a sort of a, a turnaround, is playing a villain. And I think he does a fantastic job. I mean, he is going for it. Every word. Oh yeah, I mean, he gives it gives it eleven. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. and him and and Hoagie, which is uh, Red Buttons, they are doing a vaudeville act. That he's got mm. spats on. They are doing these dances. It's a little bit not, not Laurel and Hardy, but it's that got that got sort of vibe that thirties old school Hollywoody mm. film. You know. Yeah, my next note is no one needs the lighthouse song. Now, the lighthouse song which I think is called Candle in the Water? Possibly? Goodbye, England's Goodbye. <laughs> Um That was nominated for an Academy Award. Really? Um, yes. Oh, it's a serious song that they put in, yeah. And I, I looked that up before we did this, thinking, oh, I don't remember Candle in the Water. I really hope it's called Candle in the Water now. But I don't remember that. Um, and it's Helen Reddy who plays Nora's like big song. She's standing in front of the the lighthouse, in front of the light of the lighthouse, and yeah. she's she's on her own and she's looking out to sea and she's thinking about Paul. Where has he been? And she she really gives it everything. She was a stage actress. She yes. was a Broadway theatre uh, actress, but it was an awful song. It's it just the the film stops while she sings mm-hmm. it, and yeah, I think there's some talent could be better used elsewhere. Well, it didn't win. No, it was nominated. What one? I don't know. I, don't, I genuinely don't know. I didn't look that up. Well, seventy seven's year of Greece. So no, seventy eight is Greece. Oh, okay. There was. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. Are you going to look it up? Yeah. There was something about something about light or night. I should have looked this up beforehand. You should. Yeah, yeah I should. And the the other. Um, the score itself was also nominated for an Academy was, Award. The score was re- really strong. I was, uh, I was. I thought it was very. It was very Disney. All the. I mean, you could you could hear a bit of Poppins in there every now and again. So the song that won, right, is "You Light Up My Life." Like, see, I got light by, yeah. from the film "You Light Up My Life." And that, I think that's why I got a bit confused because I saw candle on the water, not candle, candle. candle in the water. So candle, candle on the water, and lights. What's it called? Lights. You light up my life. I think that's why I got a bit confused. I mean, the everything here beats... Because it's candles and lights. Nobody does it better from The Spiral of Me, which frankly Ooh. is... I've not heard You Light Up My Life, but nobody it, does it better is better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, definitely not candle on the water. This leads me on to our next note, which is, with better songs, this could be a classic. Okay. I don't think there's any, any memorable songs in this. <gasps> Well, so you've got um, the the one that you've just t- talked about, the first song, which is what was it called? It's not Bill of Sale. It's because <laughs> no. that's the other one that I'm thinking that the Gogans sing, or the Fratellis, as you like to call them. In these hills. In these hills. So Gogans sing that Bill of Sale. I love the one about tearing the dragon into pieces. It's sort of violence in this one. Um, anything by Doc Terminus, Passamaquoddy with Doc Terminus and and Red Buttons. A Dragon, A Dragon, I Swear I Saw a Dragon by Mickey Rooney. None of them have entered the Disney canon, though, have they? No, they In the same way as, say, Chim Chimney, Supercalifragilistic. This is a much darker film in many, many ways. Halfway through, well, a lot of the way through, I did think this could be cut into a great horror film. 
there's some really and the, and one of the things that I was thinking part way through was would I show Blake this mm. because the scenes of violence against children yeah and I know it's very much of its time this is the early 20th century I think it's 1900 it's meant to be set in so yes. you were getting your, your knuckles beaten and but that's very hard to see this it's not that the dragon comes in and saves Pete from having this done to him yeah like he has nine wraps of the knuckle that look really like he's he, you can see him for something pained. that the teacher genuinely saw he didn't do yes I know. like the bell rings and then Pete goes outside and she's like yeah. why are you ringing that bell well he didn't we well, didn't that. Yeah. yeah and she's a nasty piece of work yeah um but also the the Gorgons, the way that they are talking about what they've done. They, they, mm. you know, he's got bruises on him. Nora says, "Oh, who yeah. gave you that bruise?" And and at the end, they like they put him in a bag, mm. like they put him in this big sack, and he's screaming, "Save me, Elliot! Save me! Don't let them take me!" And it's really like I'm God. Kinnicky from Greece in his second <laughs> appearance today. Is that why you were watching Greece today? No, it wasn't. It was just on Sky. But then you you kept watching it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we'll just we'll just watch this because we will be seeing a little bit of Jeff Conaway later. <laughs> this is Jeff Conaway's fourth fourth performance in film. Okay. So this is just before Greece. Mm. I'm not entirely sure that he showed this to the producers of Greece and went, look, look at my range. I can play a really grotesque. What is a son, a really grotesque son who wants to do things to ladies in a really pervy way? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, there um, were some weird things about Nora. Next note: chopping up a dragon is not a sustainable business. Okay, but they're all about making a quick buck. Yeah, but and... if you farm his tears for skin <laughs> conditions, as mentioned in one of the songs, you've got you've got a business for life there. I think it's just the lyrics of the song. To be fair, okay. Uh, no, he was reading a book. It was based on fact. <laughs> he did have a book. He yeah. had a book. And a book that was covered in dust as well. So he had yes. to blow on the book and the dust all came off. It was very Disney. A very, you know, the reverse of what happens in a Swedish bookshop. <laughs> uh, oh, let's not talk about that again. Um, nice little joke about puberty. Yeah, I saw you grab your notebook at that point <laughs> and write write things down like proper pen. You know, when you like push a pen down, and you can see someone writing really hard. Yeah, that that's a weird. I don't. I don't think I would have got that. Doctor I mean, Terminus offers Pete a potion which will guarantee to bring puberty on two years earlier. And and then he says something like, "Oh, and that's worth more than a dra-, you know like that's worth more than a oh, dragon. That's worth more than a- oh yeah." There's something a bit creepy about yeah. Terminus. There are some creepy things in this and then did i miss something what the f about the end yeah because we just cut from the You're really tramp- obsessed with the oh, end oh yeah we? that that was the most rushed end i've ever seen which okay. for a film that was two hours eight minutes is quite but he's back and everyone and elliot went and found him and it's all you've got to make a good ending to a disney film everyone's got to be happy that wasn't Pete's a good ending an, that wasn't a, whole a good family. ending yeah, and that yeah, it's a very right, it's a very very sweet film. Mm-hmm. It was far better than I thought it was going to be. Interesting. I'm still not sure though whether I would be happy showing it to Blake because of some of the elements in it. So, for example, the first I think it's like the first half of the film. It felt like it's just full of drink. There's just so much alcohol in it. I missed a note somewhere saying this film has a very interesting al- attitude to alcohol. It really does. Now, Lampy, Nora's dad, is in the saloon, which, you know, it, they're in a town, and actually I thought the set was beautiful. They made this town look really real. Yeah. The water and the boats, and 
all the buildings. So Lumpy's in the saloon, but Lumpy's really, really, like, he's come out of the saloon, he's really, really drunk, and that's when he bumps into Pete in a bit of a weird sort of, hello there, young boy, sort yes. of way. I think you and I both looked at each other at that point. When, there's also mm. a note saying Mickey Rooney's took a dark turn. Yeah, there's, there's something not quite right about a man that's, re- like, an old man that's really inebriated, that's walking along the street and then spies this little boy and then goes, hello there, boy. Um, mm. There was, there, yeah, there was something a bit odd about it. I mean, different times, you know. So I'm sure it's very innocent, but it did strike me as, you well. know, as, now as, as a parent, I'd be like, Pete, come yeah. on now, get away from that strange man. And then you're going back into the saloon where everyone is. Just, I mean, they're just throwing the booze around mm. and clinking. I mean, at the end, I think the all the corks pop on the on the barrels. <laughs> Yes. And the saloon is covered in booze. But then also, later on, he's, he's back in the pub. I mean, we're back in the pub quite a lot. He's gone out to the hardware store, in inverted mm-hmm. commas, and mm-hmm. ends up in the pub. He's then with uh, Hoagie, about to go and see the dragon, and they mm. do eventually see Elliot. And again, they're totally inebriated. It's in the morning, he's going, shush, shush, don't wake up Nora. And then they feed Elliot booze. Yeah. I, you wouldn't get that. In the this day and age, would you? No, I mean, it's, it is different times. I don't think a child is going to develop a problematic relationship with alcohol because of this. Um, okay. I think... I agree, because I wouldn't have even noticed that. When, yeah. I mean, I don't think I did when I was... I didn't think, oh, that man's no. really drunk all the time. Or, you know, Norma's dad has an alcohol abuse issue and she's looking after him and tucking... Like, she's tucking him in and kissing him on the forehead. And like, as an adult, I'm watching that going oh god Nora's got like caring responsibilities and she probably needs to go to a few groups to you know with other people get over the death of Paul well yeah that as well she she thinks Paul's gonna come back she's up there every night she's in denial candle in the wind to uh to get him back well no she's candle on the sea (laughs) candle in the water um okay so I get the impression that's the end of your notes yes um so last week you asked me what I would give. I nearly said hot shots. Different <laughs> what film. What I would give top secret exclamation mark. So you get upset when I don't put the exclamation mark next yeah. to top secret when I'm typing it. So what I would give top secret for enjoyment. Yeah. I'm really hesitant to ask you this question because this is a very different film. It is a kid's film. It's the 70s. Up until the last five minutes, it was going to be three and a half stars. Oh, I can't. It, it has to have half a star knocked off it for okay. that. For that, just Poochie died on the way to his home planet ending. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very sweet film. It mm-hmm. needs better songs. Okay, um, or, maybe some, or songs cut out. Yeah, definitely some songs cut out. There's definite quality control issue. It needs half an hour cut out. Yeah, it, it really does. I mm. I totally agree with you with that. And normally, and I'm then maybe for... and then maybe ten minutes of an extra ending added on. About <laughs> Paul, give Paul a backstory. Yeah. Isn't it interesting though that normally it's a woman that sort of turns up, has no backstory whatsoever, or has like two seconds of backstory. And I thought in this, like, Paul fulfills the role of the woman in yes. those films. Like, oh look, Paul's back. Mm. Oh, she, you know, she. It's only she. She's she's okay. And oh, she's now she's sees the dragon and everyone points and you know they're back together in this i felt quite sorry for the actor that plays paul because he gets to be on his boat going uh, reynolds. Oh, what? <laughs> it's not Burt reynolds looks like him what was the have you seen the remake 
No. Because this was... has been Disney live actionified, hasn't it? It has, and it's been updated. So I know that in the the remake, Pete's parents die in a car crash, and he. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. Because <laughs> like in this, they don't say what's you know. He doesn't mention his parents. He's because Pete in this film all the way along is fine. Yeah, like there's not one point in this film where he's bothered about anything. Even when the teacher is like, like beating him, yeah, he's like smiling. Going, it's all right, Elliot. It doesn't hurt that much, you know. He's fine until the end where he's like, save me, save me, Elliot. That was the only bit that I was There's going to be some therapy or or a personal rampage in his adult life. But he never mentions, like, his parents or, you know, I just don't don't have any. Don't Um, know where they went. Don't know where they went. But in the new film, I think the parents, they're all in a car crash. The child goes into the woods. (laughs) Sounds great, doesn't it? And then um, talks about this, this dragon. And I think they added in a mythical element of... Bryce Dallas Howard's dad in the film, not Ron Howard. He's not in it. <laughs> He's like talked about this dragon for years being in the woods. I think that's, you know, and then she comes to believe in the dragon. Uh, yeah, because this just throws you straight into it, mm. this film. Like, yeah. I was expecting a little bit of an origin story, but no, you are, Pete is walking through the woods on Elliot's back. Yeah. And, yeah. He's, and, and we're it's just, in. We, we have to accept that Pete is knocking yeah. about with the dragon. Yeah. I'm really surprised that you've gone for that. I thought you were going to come out with like a two, if not like a one and a half. Oh, no, no. It's it's a very sweet film. Is it thematically? It's about a young boy and, and his uh, yeah. and his dragon or his friend or making yeah. a friend or a friend to help him through tough and times. And Elliot's very cute. I mean, he's like just a big. He's a big dog. He's a big dog. I was just yeah. thinking that all the way through. Mm. He's he's a great big roly poly dog with um, sad eyes when yes. he's a happy face. When he's not, yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> You're still looking at him on the screen. Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks very much for watching Pete's Dragon with me. Because you know that's that's a that's a night of that I didn't expect was ever going to happen. <laughs> well, well. Speaking <laughs> of which. <laughs> Oh no, you oh, you have so been thinking about this as well, haven't you? I've changed the film that we're watching this oh, week. Have you? Yes. Okay. So, as mentioned, mm. we were watching Greece earlier. Yes. And all I was thinking was, I don't mind Greece, mm. but there is a better high school musical out there. <laughs> And we say that the two hours, eight minutes, um, Pete's Dragon needs half an hour cut off it. Yeah. High School Musical is exactly one hour and 38 minutes. Is that the reason you love it so much? Yeah, it's perfect. Okay. You really like High School Musical. Unironically as well. Yeah, Like, I will listen, if I'm feeling down, I'll put on the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to see High School Musical 3 at the cinema. You did. Um, Yeah, it's... And I've been wanting you to watch that for so long. I know, and I've just been going, oh no, and putting it off, and excuses, excuses. But now, no excuses, because you watch Pete's Dragon with me. As I said to Alison earlier in the week, the main motivation around this podcast is making you watch all the films I've been telling you that you need to watch. (laughs) I do love that you and Alison, who's one of my best friends, um, are having this little personal conversation uh, without me involved about all the films that you could make me watch. So, yeah, hello, Alison. Um, great, thank you. Thanks for that. Thank you. I, I'm gen- genuinely, I am actually looking forward to it because you have been going on about it for forever, and we do, we do like a musical. So yeah. we're on a on a musical it, lilt. It's a, it's it's very simple. It's very Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it started out as it's a TV movie, mm-hmm. 
that went into the theatres for later episodes because it was so successful. Launched a few stars, um, buried a few people as well. But uh, yeah, God, we took a dark turn. <laughs> I was like, when you said buried, I was like, what? No, some people that we thought might be bigger stars out of it haven't. Okay. Their careers haven't progressed on as much as they should. Okay, just because of High School Musical. Or... Not so much because, but okay, yeah, but it just it stopped in its tracks, yes. and then that was the end of that. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Great. Hey everyone, it's just Elaine popping up to say thank you very much for listening. We know there are hundreds and thousands of TV and film podcasts out there and we're really pleased to have you along for the ride. You can now find us on Twitter, we are at The Honeymoon Pod and you can also find us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else where you get your podcasts from. Bye!